Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pick and Pod. I'm Nick Rassiopi, joined by Matt Breen and David Spampanato. A lot of stuff to talk about. We're one day, as of recording this, before the trade deadline, tomorrow Thursday at 3 o'clock. A lot of trades have already happened. Probably the biggest one, and might be the end, biggest one after tomorrow, was the, the Cousins trade. We're going to jump right into that. Um, a lot of people think in New Orleans kind of got away with a robbery on this trade, not giving up much. I mean, just Buddy Hilde and a first-round pick, and Tyreek Evans, who's going to be done by the end of the year, and they they really got away with picking up a top 10 player without giving up much. I mean, their GM even said that he had a better deal two days ago. Yeah. Like, he admitted that, so. And I think I mean, the craziest thing is that the Sixers could have traded Okafor to the to the Kings for the same, th- sorry, to the Pelicans for the same package without Buddy Heald. So Buddy Heald, like, Buddy Heald was the difference maker. <laughs> Okafor and Cousins, which is crazy. Like that. Sorry to cut you off, but just, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not a comparison. To, yeah, yeah, it's just nuts to me that a trade like this could be made. I mean, here's here's the one other thing you have to say though: the highway robbery and all. The Kings with Boogie have had not had a winning season ever. Maybe maybe they were just done with it. Who knows? People say Boogie's hard to work with. He gets a lot of technicals. I mean, obviously on paper this trade's ridiculous, but. Who knows? Maybe the Kings were just fed up, couldn't just had to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, when when you see how they had not had a winning season since they got him, and the fact that there's all those issues behind the scenes you hear about with him getting in confrontations with coaches, um, but he hasn't had much to work with. Uh, he's never been really had any great talent around him. One of the best players he ever played with was probably Isaiah Thomas before they traded him, and now he's way better than he was on Sacramento. But when you don't have a lot of talent, it's hard to kind of blame him for. Like the team's like a, like abysmal play. That is true. I mean, the only guy they had was Rondo, and that for a that year barely work worked out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Kings owner absolutely loves Buddy Heald. He had said that he thinks that Heald has the potential to yeah. be a Steph Curry type of player. So, and they didn't get him in the draft. I think the Kings had the eighth pick, and then they traded back and then picked Georgios. Uh, I forget his name, but it was just yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah. pick. And I remember Boogie, Boogie Cousins put like one of those cryptic tweets that everyone is doing now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put like one of those cryptic with just emojis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did like one of those cryptic tweets, and just because he didn't like the pick, but I guess they probably wanted Buddy Heald in that draft if the owner loved him so much. And you know now they got him, but I think maybe they're just fully going into that rebuilding phase that some local teams might oh, need yeah. to, might need to consider doing. It's just odd to rebuild, though, when you had a, a young center who's top 10. I feel like it's the kind of guy you could build around. You don't need to kind of get rid of him. It's not it's not a situation where he's an older player where you think, well, and he's got another year on his contract. I feel like they could have at least waited till next year and maybe got more from him, but maybe they thought because by then he'll only have half a year left, so it's it's not worth, uh, like, they'll get less. But this seems, maybe they just got too greedy. Maybe that original yeah. trade they had yeah. that the, the GM mentioned, maybe that was way better and they thought like oh we can get other trades like this and then they end up having to settle for this because they had not everything else kind of pulled out so and it's crazy now because it seems day to day like there's something else happening like two weeks ago i would have guaranteed you carmelo would not be a new york nick by today but then today we're all mm-hmm. saying i bet you all of us around the table would say yeah Melo's gonna be a nick in two days so i think on a day-to-day basis basis it changes a lot and a lot of ownership and front office um there's a lot of parity going on, and there's a lot of uh, you know, ch- guys changing minds, guys convincing one another if a move should be made or shouldn't be made. So it's really you know a 24-hour cycle of what these guys are thinking. And um, we talked about like the Kings, but what are the Pelicans going to be like now? Yeah, 
I mean, who who else is just incredibly excited to see these two guys play? Like, this yeah, is I mean, a team I don't want to face. Yeah. If I'm Golden State or if I'm San Antonio or especially Houston, because Houston is undersized. So you get Davis and Cousins inside, and Houston's got no match for them. Regardless, if if they if um the Pelicans play, get make it into the playoffs, if they play those like one of the big teams in the first round, regardless if they lose, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, those I two do. players are going to have amazing amazing games. I think. Yeah, in the, in the West, the top seven seeds are kind of a big gap between the seventh and eighth seed. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then that whole grouping, there's like four or five teams down from eight to ten that are all very close together. And you could see New yeah. Orleans, if they play well, getting that eighth seed. And then that would be an interesting matchup, assuming uh, the Golden State doesn't collapse, then they could keep the first seed. Uh, they don't really have two big bodies like that that can guard both of them. Yeah. They really yeah. don't even have one of, a, yeah. of like maybe David West off the bench, but they, they don't have, uh, you know, that kind of big defender in the middle. So... I mean, it's just. I mean, un- it's, it'd be interesting to watch that matchup. It's just undoubtedly the best front court in the NBA. Like oh, you can't yeah. say otherwise. Like it's no well, one else is going to match with them. At least that's on true. I don't know because how they're going to play together. Maybe they're going to be spacing issues because they both kind of yeah. play the same position, but they both are kind of stretch players, which is useful. Like yeah, they can both just spread the floor. I think this is also a a move for for next year. Like they're not really anticipating yeah. like them to be great this year together, just like to kind of get used to each other this year. And yeah. the Orleans could something be a, free, a good free, free agent destination yeah. as well, because they're kind of building up a franchise, almost like the same way Cleveland kind. Of, I mean, Cleveland was already established, but like there wasn't much going on in Cleveland except for the fact that Kyrie Irving was there. Yeah, and then LeBron figured, hey, well, you know, you got a decent, uh, a really good young guy there. He goes over there. They get a great draft pick in in Wiggins, and then they trade him for Love, and then they've got something working. So. Maybe the Pelicans just sign a point guard in free agency, pick up Derrick Rose or something. Who knows? Pick up a point guard, and then you got a real, you know, a real scary team in the Western Conference. I know some people met said like Chris Paul potentially going back to, That'd to be New crazy. Orleans. Yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. But apparently they they said he he's probably going to stay in Los Angeles. Yeah. From what I heard. Yeah. Well, I mean, moving on to uh, a more local team, uh, the Knicks. Well, actually, first we're gonna hit on the Nets. Because uh, j- as of recording this, just some more recent news. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic has been traded to the Wizards. Um, in return, they're getting a first-round pick along with... Um, Andrew Nicholson. Andrew Nicholson, a fo- yeah, forward yeah. from Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what do you guys think of this trade? I mean, the Nets are probably get, happy finally having a, a first-round pick. They get Marcus Thornton, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, and then they're also sending addition. over Chris McCullough. So it's Bogdanovic, Chris McCullough for... Uh, Nicholson, Thornton, and a first-round pick. Yeah. So for the Nets situation, being a, a Nets beat reporter, um, I th- I like the trade. I liked Bogdanovich though because he's 27 years old. He's extremely talented. He's a great shooter. Um, offensively, he's very capable. Averages about 15 points a game. Defensively, uh, below average to put yeah. it nice. <laughs> yeah. To put it very nicely, below average. But this is a move I feel like the Nets had to make because he's not really like a cornerstone of the franchise or anything like Brooke mm-hmm. Lopez is, and they need to build for the future because this team is a long way away. The Nets need picks. They need picks. So now they'll have the Wizards pick, which will be 23, 24, yeah. and then the Celtics pick, which will be 26, 27. So two late first-round picks. They got they hit the jackpot in last year's late first round. They picked up Karis LeVert from Michigan. So they're probably thinking the same thing again because they can take a risk on one of these picks now. Maybe get an international guy or something like that yeah. or a guy that maybe wouldn't wouldn't pan out, but they can take that risk now that they have two of those picks. Yeah, Bogdanovich wasn't a guy that they were going to keep long-term or be able to really jumpstart the franchise. So they may get somebody in the draft who ends up being worse than him, but they have that potential of 
especially in a loaded draft like this, of getting somebody who could be somebody they could build around or at least be a, a big part of their team going forward, especially because they have it's they have a, a tough future. Obviously, this pick this year is going to uh, Boston because they're going to swap, and the next year they have the same situation where they could swap again. So they're really not going to have an upper first-round pick for a while unless uh, they move Lopez maybe for a pick. But outside of that, they really have no even like top 15 pick in their foreseeable future. Do, do you think, I mean, it looks like the Nets kind of seem like they're trying to dump a lot right now. Do you think Lopez is going to go? I, I see them hanging on to him for the next year just because his value's so much lower, a lot of people are saying, also due to the, the Cousins trade, and they're yeah, not yeah. They, they're not getting what they really want from him. So they might just keep him around for another year and see if his value goes up because right now it's probably at a, a very, like, all-time low possibly for him yeah uh, the market was definitely better a couple weeks ago they're not going to mm-hmm. trade him to the celtics because they're not oh, looking no, to yeah. they're not looking to improve the celtics right now even though the celtics probably have the best pieces to move to the nets the nets aren't going to want to give their star center over to boston but the nets are buying into what to the system that they've got going with sean marks and kenny atkinson i think atkinson's going to be there for the long haul regardless of what their record is so i think he'll be there long term and brooke lopez has been like the main guy to buy into what what Marks and Atkinson are doing. So I think keeping that veteran piece for the team, he's under contract for the rest of this year and next year. So they'll have two more years of Lopez. Probably won't look to re-sign him. or They'll probably make a push, but I don't know if he'll he'll return. Um, So I think they'll hold on to him just because he's that cornerstone veteran guy that can, I I guess, help these young guys, uh, you know, get better. Well, the the issue is right now they don't really have a lot of young guys for him to even work with so maybe after the draft if they can get some guys then they could keep him around and then maybe deal him at the trade deadline especially if they don't really yeah. have any focus on keeping him past next year um so maybe that could help them next season once they get the young guys and they can kind of get more value out of lopez outside of just his play because right now i mean they've lost 14 in a row so he's really not helping them on the court but maybe helping some of the young guys especially next year yeah yeah, Lavert and and Whitehead and Hollis Jefferson are seem to be the guys that they they want to look to the future with because yeah. they're all young, they're all talented. I think they all need to work on their their jump shots and their offensive game. But um, you know that that'll be more focused for the off season. But these are guys with potential, and the Nets are a long way away right now. So when they turn twenty four, twenty five, maybe they could be a pretty good uh, backcourt in Brooklyn. But right now, probably not. Yeah, and. And Lopez, especially with the injuries he's had with his, uh, I think it was his foot, I believe. He's, um, they're worried that he may not last in the long haul. So that, that was another reason they were considering moving him. And there's also possibly, the, the thing to keep in mind: he is a, a center averaging five rebounds. Yeah, yeah, it's not, mm, yeah, yeah. And, he and is pretty could, detrimental on one side of the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's always been great offensively, but like you said, the defense. I mean, yeah, he's usually out of position much. looking for blocks, but. Um, yeah, I mean, a seven-footer getting five boards a game. For what the Nets are doing, it doesn't really really benefit them all that much. Yeah. I'm moving across to the other team in New York, uh, the New York Knicks. Carmelo Anthony, a lot of trade rumors always stirring with him, especially mm-hmm. this time of the year. Um, Zach Lauer of ESPN saying the Clippers are still interested in Melo. That's a, that's a possible trade. As most people know, Melo has that no-trade clause, so he would have to sign off on any trade. Mm-hmm. But what do you think the chances of – him moving to LAR. I think that's above any other team. It doesn't seem like any other team would get him. People are saying the Celtics, but I don't really see that because uh, the Knicks, I feel like the Knicks would rather get players than than more picks. Um, although, and yeah, I just don't see the Celtics happening for Melo. Yeah, I don't think they'd get the 
the picks that the Boston even has. Yeah. Um, but people are saying that the Knicks also wouldn't. As a, as a Knicks fan personally, if they did, if they traded Melo to the Celtics and not get like Blake Griffin or like one of the big three back, I'd be a little upset. Yeah. I just don't think. I don't, I don't think that'd be yeah, enough. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that doesn't seem to be the way they'll go. They're not going to get Jordan. They're not, definitely not going to get Chris Paul, and they probably won't get Blake Griffin in return for Melo. And if I'm the Clippers, why would you? Because all True. three of the, aside from DeAndre Jordan, who has a completely different role for Melo. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are better players than Carmelo Anthony, and you're not going to get any more out of Melo than you are with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Well, offensively, you get more than Blake Griffin. I, at I, least, I, can, I can still say Melo yeah, is a better scorer than, and, than and Blake. I guess, but I mean, if I'm the Knicks, who would you? If I'm Phil Jackson, and you can make a straight up trade Blake Griffin for Carmelo Anthony, do it in a heartbeat. I do. Yeah, it in a heartbeat. I think most people would do that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the one advantage that Melo has over those guys, though, at least, is he doesn't have injury issues generally. He plays yeah, most games, yeah. and he's pretty durable because Chris Paul and Griffin have had their fair share of injuries in L.A., but still, because he's so much younger, Griffin's got to have more value. Yeah, um, but I don't know what the package would be for Melo that the Knicks would possibly accept or even propose for that matter. They were saying it, it was a combination of J.J. Redick and Austin Rivers. See, why, well, I don't yeah, know all those why they make that move. Because the, Clip, the Clippers are trying not to break those big four that they have exactly. there. They're trying to get, they're going to strip everyone out for, else out for Mello. That would be what they or would Jamal want. Crawford people mentioned as well. Yeah, a big contract they probably back. won't get rid of. but um, Or the Knicks won't take on, I'm sorry. Um, but again, Mello, I think he would approve this trade to L.A., He's one of two guys in the league with the no-trade clause, which is crazy. Yeah. So he's not going to go to Boston. I don't think he wants to go to Boston. Cleveland doesn't seem to be the direction he's going to go. So I just don't think there's a the right team out there to pick up Melo. Because yeah, all I, the, I don't think we're seeing Melo leave. All the, all the talent is concentrated in specific areas. So it's, it's Golden State. It's Cleveland. It's the Clippers. It's the Celtics. And all a lot of these teams don't want to get rid of any of that talent that the Knicks would possibly take mm-hmm. on. So... I just don't think it's lined up right now. Um, we'll be seeing Mello on the Knicks. Me- Mello also has the, the trade kicker where if he got traded, he would get more money. And for L.A. to really get this trade through, they would have to either give up most of their team or give up less players, and then Mello would have to waive his um, trade kicker, which means he would have to waive his trade. No trade clause and additional money he would be set huh. to make. So I really don't see it happening also due to that because I think it's over $5 million more a year that – Melo would be making after he is traded. So Phil Jackson really gave Melo yeah. a, a great yeah. contract with a no trade clause, a trade kicker. So it, he's a very hard person to move. Melo yeah. also said, I think today that um, it was either today or last night that he had heard nothing about any trade rumors, like yeah. from the team. So if, yeah. if at this point, twenty four hours before the deadline, Melo's heard nothing, I think it's it's. And it honestly, it's it wouldn't even surprise me if Phil just kept him in the dark, considering their relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, he has to get his approval. That's the thing. Yeah. He needs Melo's yeah. approval. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to sign. I, he wants to play in New York. He said he wants to play in yeah. New York. And whether it's for Phil Jackson or not, and whether Phil Jackson's there next year or he's not, I think he's going to be there. Um, but it's I, I just don't see any trade taking And on. And if their relationship wasn't so strained, I could see a trade happening more, being more likely. Because a lot of people are saying Melo had, um, he doesn't want to give Phil the satisfaction of kind of oh. running him out of New York mm-hmm. because yeah. of their relationship is so strained right now. So if they were, if Phil handled the situation a little better and didn't keep publicly criticizing Melo on Twitter and in interviews and talk radio, then maybe Melo would be more open to a trade and not be so vehemently against it. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I don't know. I just don't think the Knicks should have taken on Melo's contract when they did, when they re-signed him. That's, you know, beside the point. It's not lined up right now. 
But then again, another move they made this offseason was Derrick Rose. So that's, you know, another yeah. hot, another hot. Uh, it's kind of been like taking on like the hottest, uh, you know, trade talk mm-hmm. as of late. People um, said um, the Timberwolves potentially yeah, wanted yeah. him. That was the main suitor. Yep, but yep. Would you guys rather have Ricky Rubio on this team than Derrick Rose? Because looks like Derrick Rose yes. hasn't really been working. So I say yeah. yes. Also, one reason I, I say that is because Derrick Rose's defense this year has been abysmal. Yeah. Just truly I horrific. I feel like no one's talking about that. It's, it's, he doesn't it's get been back. really bad. He doesn't get back. He gets He's burned by it. anyone yeah. that's yeah. even remotely quick. Yeah. He yeah. I, Rubio can stays with people a little bit better, and he's a better passer. I I would take Rubio over over Derrick Rose. Yeah, I think the main difference between the two when it comes to the contracts is just that Rose is done after this year, and Rubio's got one more after this year. So it, it's not a lot of money, but I don't think the Knicks really want to have it be taking on people that have more than one year left on the contract for Rose. But I mean, if it happened, I would take Rubio also. He, he would, plays way better than Rose has this year. I mean, Rubio doesn't have the kind of shooting that Rose has, but he plays a more complete game on the on both sides of the floor. You're Phil Jackson, and the Timberwolves GM calls you up and says, "Straight up trade Rose for Rubio." Do you do it? I, I would do it, but um, I could see why they wouldn't, just because he's under contract for that yeah. next year. Yeah, I don't think the Timberwolves are willing to. I don't give think away the Timberwolves picks. would. Yeah, they're not going to give. No, there's, they're not going to give no away that because I think it's like the sixth overall pick or something yeah. like that. It's lined up right now, you know, without the without the lottery. Um, but I think the most interesting part will be if they make this trade, you know, point guard for point guard, and then they'll have Rubio under contract for next year. This is a really good draft, and this is a point yeah. guard, shooting guard, heavy draft. So in most mock dra- mock drafts right now, the Knicks are lined up to get either De'Aaron Fox or Malik Monk, um, you know, combo guards out of Kentucky. Would Phil Jackson be hesitant to take one of those guys if he had Rubio under contract and their turn yeah. came up and that guy was on the board? That's the only concern that I see with this, with this trade. So would you rather finish out the year with Rose, stay in the position you're in, and then start fresh, get De'Aaron Fox, and you know, start, you know, start completely fresh with him? Probably, but I, I just feel like Phil Jackson probably won't take on Ricky Rubio and draft a point guard. There's also Brandon Jennings is also a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. So they could they could choose to maybe like keep him on, let Rose walk, get another guard in the draft. Yeah. There's a lot they have a lot of options with with that. Yeah, I think the Knicks have no interest in re-signing Rose, especially because Rose has said he wants a lot of money in this offseason and I don't mm-hmm. think the Knicks going to give that to him. And there's that whole crazy saga that went on when he yeah, just when missed he the left. game and then like yeah. two days later he's like I want a max contract get he's, out of he's here played so get out he has like, played different after that too he's he's played more focusing on his own offense and yeah. he hasn't passed as much and I think his defense even got worse and the Knicks don't need that facilitator out of the point guard position I feel like they're almost better with Brandon Jennings on the court like if you look back a couple years ago like Mello and Lynn did not work together well no. Mello worked together with like Tony Douglas really nicely. That, and Ray Felton. Like, yeah, he worked together great with Raymond Felton. And then, you know, that could possibly be it. Is he still in the Clippers, Raymond Felton? I don't know. I'm not sure. If he is, I don't think he plays. or something. But, um, He's probably put on a couple pounds since yeah, his Nick yeah, years, yeah. too. <laughs> um, but I think they need more of a creator than a facilitator. And Rubio's that creator, and Rose is a facilitator. So um, I think Rubio would just fit together in this offense better with, and especially yeah. defensively, uh, it fit in this offense better with, with Courtney Lee taking the shots, Melo create Melo facilitating, and then Porzingis, you know, doing what he does. People have also another thing to keep in mind is people have kind of figured out Porzingis this year. Yeah, he's not he has not had as good as a has he has not has excuse me he's not had as good of a year as he did last year. Yeah, like um, teams teams have just figured him out. I think he he's also big in the off season to see if he can get better. I think that's one thing to watch also with the Knicks. 
Yeah, I mean, Porzingis has taken a huge step back this yeah. year. It's 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 been uh, as a Knicks fan, it's been hard to watch because he was kind of one of the few bright spots in the team, and right now he's not played well at all. So you don't have much to really look forward to as a Knicks fan, I guess, outside of the draft right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on, uh, a lot of other teams still moving, and uh, the Lakers just got a. I think yesterday, Magic Johnson took over as their president of uh, basketball operations. And his first official move was uh, trading for, sorry, excuse me, trading Lou Williams for Cory Booker, uh, Cory Brewer, not Corey, not the senator, Cory Brewer for <laughs> a, uh, I think, I believe it's Cory Brewer and a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Houston. And then they got to trade Lou Williams. I think that's a, a fine trade for them. Uh, they for the really, Lakers, yes. For the Lakers, yeah. They really had, um, Lou Williams wasn't helping them in their. He was playing well, but he wasn't going to help them in their future outside of like winning a few extra games this yeah. year. And they get a, and get a pick in return. I think that's a, a fine trade for Magic's first like official actions. Yeah, for, for as a from the Lakers' point of view, I really like that trade. Um, Lou Williams obviously is a good player, but with their young core of guards, they don't really need Lou Williams as much. He is more more of a veteran guy, but I think Brewer will will be at least a decent fit in that in team. And also that pick, they're gonna have two first round picks now. Yeah. That's what the Laker, Lakers are a little more looking towards the future. From the Lakers' standpoint, I really like this trade. Yeah, and if that pick is anywhere outside the top three, correct? Yeah, if it's yeah, anywhere the, outside the, the Lakers' current pick, yeah. Yeah, if it's anywhere outside the top three, it goes to Philadelphia. So Philadelphia could yeah. have like the fourth and the fifth pick or something like that, or like yeah. the first and the fourth pick, which would be crazy. But Matt, like you said, they they like this young guard core that they have with D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson, and mm. then Nick Young is kind of holding it down. Nick Young guard. has had a renaissance year. Yeah, he really has. Yeah. And, you know, he's had a pretty good stint with the Lakers. I mean, 14 points a game for a guy that you know was brought in to be kind of a sixth man, and they're kind of working with Clarkson and Russell. But um, I think maybe one more year, um, one more down year, and then they got to pick it up and they got to be yeah. you know back into that Western Conference. Uh, Back, you know, contenders in the Western Conference because Brandon Ingram has been okay. Um, Nance and Randall are good in the in the front court, um, but you know, I think they need another big, and hopefully they'll they'll be able to figure that out in this draft. So I think it was a good move by Matt Johnson. Who I don't really like this for though is the, is the Rockets. It confused me a little bit. It seemed like the Rockers have or the Rockets have shooters already. They don't really yeah. need someone like Lou Williams. I mean, Lou Williams is, is good on offense. He can create his own shot, but you already have Trevor Ariza. You already have the three-point winning contest, Eric Gordon, James Harden. Like I, It just seems I like think, something the Rockets didn't really need. I think Houston seems that they uh, they have a chance this year. I mean, uh, this yeah. move and yeah. some some other rumors for people they're, they're looking to, to possibly get, I think that they... Uh, they think they have a chance this year to to compete with Golden State and the way you know James Harden's been playing and just overall that team's played way better than most people probably would have thought at the start of the season. So this is just maybe one of those playoff moves where they they're saying we don't need the pick, we're just trying to win now. It's a Mike D'Antoni move. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. That's because true. now you look at that roster and it's the shooters. So if they get hot, this is a team that can really win a playoff series. And Mike D'Antoni got, loves point guards. Yeah. So. so I mean, he's got James Harden playing point guard now. Patrick Beverly who. Might move, but they seem a little hesitant to make that. He wants move. to stay. He said too. Yeah, so. and I, you know what? I like Patrick Beverly. I want a guy like Patrick Beverly on my team because he's tough. He's going to play good defense. He's going to give you quality minutes. So if I'm Houston, I want to hold on to Patrick Beverly just because he kind of gives you a different look with Williams and Gordon. If you can put both those guys on the court, Beverly can play some good, some good defense. But I, I just think it's a big D'Antoni move. You get even more shooters on that, yeah. that shooting heavy yeah. roster. I think you got to keep 
as you said, Beverly for just his defense. Yeah. Uh, so many mm-hmm. shooters. You need a, at least a couple guys in the backcourt who could play strong defense, and Beverly's one of the better ones at, at the point guard spot. So that's why I think they're very hesitant to move him. Um, Mark Stein was reporting that Beverly maybe moved to Cleveland for Shumpert, but again, they're very ad- against uh, moving him. Yeah. And they would probably want more than just Shumpert um, in that trade. Yeah. But that, again, that would be kind of trading like a defensive guy for a defensive guy. But I, I would argue Beverly's better, and I don't. I wouldn't take that trade if I was Houston unless maybe more people were involved. The thing uh, I like about Beverly, people always mention intangibles. That's someone like... Someone roughs up your teammate, you know he's going to be the first one to back you up. He's he's not going to he's always has that competitive spirit. He's always going to tough, like fight through screens. He's just that kind of player. That's why I also think he's valuable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a tough guy. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. There's no other way to put it. He's a guy you hate to play against and a guy you love to have on your team. Yeah, yeah uh so moving on to a team with uh that's kind of the reason uh, part of the reason the Brooklyn Nets are so bad right now and don't have a great future, the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. who have the right for the next two years to swap first-round picks with the Nets, which I think they will gladly take that opportunity to do so. But with that pick and next year's pick, a lot of people are, uh, well, this, a lot of people are thinking the Celtics may make a move here for either a uh, a Butler or a, a Paul George from Indiana. Uh, both those guys, uh, high asking prices. Uh, nobody really knows if the Celtics want to move that first pick this year, but. There's possibility of moving next year's pick. Do you think they're going to trade either of these picks for one of these guys? I, I, I'd say so. I mean, I, there, it seems they're also really in complete win mode now, especially with the Raptors getting surge. The Celtics kind of need a little bit of a, a little boost again in the playoffs. Um, I don't think Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the Celtics would have to give up an enormous amount for that. But, I mean, George, Paul George I can see happening. He, he would be a great fit. That would be a scary team to watch. I mean, they'd have to give up, and I think they would only have to give up one pick. They give up like one pick, and then like Crowder and Smart, or Smart and some, or, yeah. or like Jalen, yeah. or Jalen Brown. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're really high on Jay Crowder. That's one guy they really don't yeah. want to move, which if is kind of stifling some of their trade talks. If they could get like a, a deal, like a Brown and Smart, or like not include Crowder and one pick for George, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like if you're throwing in, if you're Get going after a guy like Butler or George. This is a guy who's going to change the course of your franchise. And yeah. this is a guy who's going to put you over the top. I think if you put Butler or George on the Celtics, I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Really? Well, I, I guess it depends what you're get, giving up. But. The way Isaiah Thomas is playing right now, and I don't think putting a guy like George or Butler would change the way Thomas plays. But I think if you put a guy like that on the Boston Celtics— I would have no problem if I'm Danny Ainge moving that first overall pick. Oh, again, hundred percent. Again, looking back at the 2017 draft, it's point guard heavy. The Celtics have their point guard, and they yeah. have a backup point guard in Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. Yeah, you know, they, have like, they have a very overload of point guards. Yeah, there. and Avery Bradley as well. Who, you know, the combo guard. If they move one of those three point guards that they have, probably Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, first round pick. If I'm Chicago, if I'm Indiana, I'm taking that trade really seriously. And with Paul George only one year after this one on his contract, he has said in previous years that he wants to be on a winning team. That's one thing he really values. Yeah. And right now, Indiana is sitting at one game over 500. They're thinking if we can't really improve over the next year and a half, they might lose him. So I could see them wanting to, to trade him and, and get because they can get a lot for a guy like Paul yeah, George. Yeah. So I could see them, especially if they can get the first-round pick in this draft, which I really don't think Boston wants to move. But next year's draft... Uh, there's, they're saying it's not going to be as good as this year's, yeah. which is very loaded. I could see maybe that and maybe a Jay Crowder and maybe a Brown who's played really well um, since he got mm-hmm. put in the starting lineup in, in Boston. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know which direction Boston would prefer to go in. If I'm Danny Ainge, I'd go Paul George um, just because I think it's a little more realistic. I don't think Chicago really wants to move Butler. You also um, get the defense from Paul George. Yeah. Great defender. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, both guys are, are yeah, you know, true. truly talented defenders. I agree. I think Butler has a higher price. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd agree Bo- with that. Because I think Chicago likes what they have, but it's just not working right now. Also, I don't see, from a Chicago point of view, why would, if the Bulls say, all right, we're going into rebuilding mode, why would they get rid of Butler? You yeah. have an aging veteran in Wade and Rondo who's had problems everywhere he's went after the Celtics. And Butler, your franchise guy, why would you get rid of Butler? Yeah, I, th- I, I think just, I think Chicago might be regretting signing those two guards. Yeah, at, yeah. at this point right now, because that's really going to hurt them with free agents coming up. Because those guys are going to be under contract. I, I think Chicago will just kind of stay put. Um, I don't think they know what they want to do. I think that's the biggest problem with them, and they only have twenty four hours, a little under twenty four hours at this point. People were also saying Andre Drummond for the Celtics. Yeah, that's I, something I've heard. I, I feel like I, I like what the Pistons. I don't know what it is. I like what the Pistons have working with them right now. I like Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's another guy who could get moved. Yeah. But I feel like if the Pistons just give it some time, that could be a really good core that they have. Maybe that's just subjectivity on my part, but I don't see Drummond getting moved either. It's interesting how many assets Boston has, where so many teams they're involved with trade rumors. In. Yeah. Like you can go down the list. Most, te- most teams have some talks with them because they just have so many assets. So that's, that's a franchise that if you're a Boston fan, you got to feel really good about it because you, you just have a long future of just – a draft lot of young picks. players, yeah, draft yeah. picks, uh, <laughs> guys with a lot of talent. I mean, outside Al Horford, who's 30, everyone is like very young on that team. Um, as it goes for Drummond, I, I don't see them moving for him. Uh, I really don't see them wanting to part ways with a draft pick. But if they can get him for cheaper, maybe after the Cousins trade, maybe yeah. influence mm-hmm. the market a little yeah, bit the next day, that's true. they might be able to get him. But I, I see them probably not getting him, but that would be obviously a great ad. Yeah, definitely a crazy trade market. Like, there hasn't been a trade market like this out there since, like, Darren Williams and Melo got moved yeah. like, oh, in that same year. Darren Williams said apparently right. Jazz. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a crazy Yeah, reunion. that would be another yeah. just guy for a first-round pick, which seems like that's like the main trade that we're seeing. People just want to get into this year's draft because of how loaded it is. Yeah. No, no, David, you're also saying, yeah, like this this trade deadline is, is, is really crazy, more than the last few years, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that was this week's episode of Pick and Pod. We'll see uh, what happens with all these rumors uh, in under 24 hours from filming Mm -hmm. this uh, from recording this so with myself nick rassiopi alongside matt breen david spampanato and our producer uh vinnie de bellis that is it thank you